0: hello everyone welcome to the latest episode of the banquet hall podcast my name is kyler nathan i'm your host uh, i am very delighted to be in the presence of greatness uh, one of the top celebrities up and coming from the city of los angeles california uh, my special guest for today is the one the only Nilla. Nilla, how are you doing today
1: i'm great thank you so much for having me such yeah. an amazing introduction
0: <laughs> I was I was selling Nilla before he started recording. I felt like this is like this is my red carpet moment. So I had to like wake up extra early, hit some extra stretches this morning. I'm like, oh, we interviewing Nilla today. Like this, this okay.
1: Is- period. <laughs> <laughs> Got to come with the energy. No, I'm just kidding. No, I
0: have to. I have to be all in, um, as as the wafer gang would say. But we're gonna talk about all in. We're gonna talk about the wafer gang. But I'm just excited to have you on the podcast. And uh, the first question that I usually start off with, uh, just because I like people knowing where folks are from, uh, you and I share a hometown from the greatest city on earth. So uh, let's get started with where are you from, and what is it like being from the greatest city on earth?
1: Oh my goodness! I'm from Los Angeles, California the place where everybody wants to be from. So that's, you know, kind of stressful at times. (laughs) No, but LA is amazing. I feel like it, and it's such a, it's so me in the way that there's so many different vibes of LA. Like LA is so multifaceted. We have everything. And I kind of feel like I'm a product of my environment to where I kind of fit in with a lot of different vibes. And I'm um I'm composed of a lot of different uh, different vibes too. And I like a lot of different things. I do a lot of different things. And you can't really put me in a box. You can try. And sometimes, you know, I try with the pressures of everybody else trying, but it doesn't really work. <laughs> it does not work. So um, I feel like I definitely, you know, represent my city in that way too. It's just like, you're going to get it all here and and, and it's just top quality and it's the best. You feel me? So it just is what it is.
0: (laughs) I love it. See, that's the exact energy I expected from you from this podcast. It is what it is. Uh, But I think that's one thing that Mm -hmm. I really appreciate about you as an artist. I think from your visuals, from the content you put out, like you let people know, like, no, I'm from the city of Los Angeles and- I think that especially as someone else who grew up in the city, we always talk about like, oh, like one day I'm gonna be in the lights, one day I'm gonna be on the billboards and look at you now. So
1: that's crazy. We're
0: gonna get there though. We're gonna get to the billboard because that I think the the listeners gonna know the billboard moment I was like, oh no, nah, like let me make sure that I'm part of wafer gang and people know that I'm leading the wafer. <laughs> no, the billboard
1: was crazy. Definitely a um huge milestone
0: yeah so well why don't we since we brought up the bill why don't we just take it from there so uh, obviously you're a uh, current MC a rapper you're based from Los Angeles California and one day I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw you taking a video and you looked about the billboard and it was yo big ass head
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: biggest show had ever been on a billboard and I'm like oh Nilla's like that like that, i don't know anybody else has been on a billboard i i don't okay so what was it like when you first saw that billboard up in los angeles california with your okay. name your music your aesthetic on it
1: honestly i'm not even gonna cap to you i'm, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest like i when i when i drove on slossing because my mom had saw it first and she texted me And so when I drove on sausage, I was just like, this looks like it belongs here. It does. Like it like my, like the face, the aesthetic, the Nila, like it just looks like it goes. And I just kind of like, it was definitely a manifestation moment for me because I always knew, I always knew. And everybody's always told me too, like, even in high school that I had that star potential star power. I never, I didn't know what that meant, but you know, people always saw it in me. And so when I, when I looked up at the billboard for the first time, I think that was really one of the first times I saw it in myself, honestly. Mm -hmm. So it was dope. It was dope. It was very, it was a confidence booster for me too. um, Because even with me, you know, pushing the all in brand and stuff like that, I wasn't always all in. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually wanted to, you know, I pushed that so much also too, as a reminder and 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 motivation for me you know, because everyone else, it's inspiring to everybody else, but I needed the, you know, the inspiration the most to believe that I can actually do this when this is a world that I don't come from, you know, and that I know nothing about. So just seeing it up there, just like, wow, okay, I'm doing this. I could do this. Like, and you know, I'm, I'm doing the thing and I'm on the right track. So it was, it was crazy. It was dope. And for it to be right across the street from where I went to elementary school is another crazy thing because I passed this bill I literally I passed that billboard like every day growing up so now the fact that my face is on you know that same billboard at that location is just it's crazy
0: man and I think that's because I didn't even know about the elementary school thing but just knowing that it was off of Slauson I'm like nah this is this is some LA shit like this yeah this is i'm from los angeles california this isn't a billboard that's on hollywood boulevard we all lost it with it because that's right what, by
1: granny okay right by right. granny's house okay
0: <laughs> and, and on my last episode i interviewed one of my friends joy and we we're talking about how you're not really in the city of los angeles and experience it unless you ask somebody granny house like that's that's the community of los angeles it's grandma's houses and so yeah man i i almost shed a tear when i saw your billboard i was like man like that that's little sis right there like I
1: know, it. I know, it's crazy
0: and this is only the beginning but uh because i called you little sis i don't want people to think that i'm capping on a podcast just calling nilla my little sis and shit uh so why don't you let the folks know how did we first cross paths like wh- where did our relationship start
1: so let's see i was a freshman and, or was it a little bit before that? Or was it summer? Was it summer school, I wonder? Oh,
0: yeah, you did do summer school before.
1: Yeah, um, it might have been summer, but but before freshman year, for sure. And you were going into your senior year. And you, and you immediately, though, you always took me in. I know, you know, me and uh, Taylor was big sis and stuff. And she had introduced me to you. And your energy was just always, you know, good. And you were so funny. You were so sarcastic. But it was hilarious. <laughs> And I'm like, I always gravitate towards like, cause a lot of people won't even know that you're actually funny as fuck. You know, once you, once you get to know you, but on the outside, like you're so chill and yeah, I'm an introvert and not
0: the face.
1: But you're so funny. So I don't know. It's just, you know, Taylor had, we kind of all three connect and y'all became big bro and big sis. And y'all like, freaking guided me through you know my high school career <laughs> and just being in you know a freshman at Bishop Montgomery having you know the seniors you know some cool seniors you know who got my back it's always cool like yeah I'm in with the seniors
0: <laughs> not you flexing your relationship with us to the other freshmen
1: oh my God, bro that's big so you know yeah so it was cool and then I would hang around y'all at lunch you know <laughs> so it was just it was always a vibe with y'all and y'all were just just good people genuine genuine good people like-minded people and yeah and the friendship started from there but you've always been big bro since uh since freshman year
0: freshman year of high school it's, it's just wild how long ago that is because that's like that's literally 10 years ago
1: that's it's- sick I'm like my decade reunion is like around the corner <laughs>
0: man time like, flies
1: crazy it flies by man. but it was a time it was a time
0: it was a time and so uh freshman year of your high school career senior year of mine we crossed paths uh i do remember you like always kind of just if i was like walking the hallways with like taylor or anybody you knew i knew you would like be somewhere near and just pop it <laughs> up uh, mm-hmm. but what i did not know was that our paths would cross again because you decided to follow me to UC San Diego, just couldn't get rid of you.
1: Right. Sure did. Oh my gosh, sure did. That is so crazy. Yep, ended yep. up. And, and that's a whole, and that was like part two. <laughs> so that was super dope. I remember, and I think we had talked about it too, like at my, I wanna say at my champagne party. So my senior year when I had went to prom, you had came to my champagne party, which I didn't know that. I, champagne parties are only an LA thing. I didn't know that.
0: I found that out in college because I was talking to like a group of people and we we're like, oh yeah, like I have my champagne party here at prom here. They're like champagne party.
1: Right. Was, Nobody knows. it. I was <laughs> like, yeah, y'all,
0: y'all don't get the limousine before prom and go off. Right. And
1: in the, yeah. Party at the crib, have the limo come and what, you know, but okay anyways <laughs> so yeah I had my champagne party and, and you came and we had talked about it uh there and and stuff like that And I was like I- <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool and then you and then again you had introduced me you know um to to more people and and I just immediately like going into UCSD especially like the black community there is only but uh, you know, we some. So, <laughs> so me going to UCSD, you kind of you were the funnel, you know, to introducing me to all my, you know, all the other friends and, and the other black community. I got involved with BSU and the freaking poetry slams that you would take me to that has everything to do with me rapping now as well. <laughs> so yeah, we was just, um, you know, from high school to college. I was right there
0: you were right there and so dang I forgot about the open mics and whatnot dang maybe I did have an impact on you I guess huh yeah
1: the open mic nights and and because I, I actually started out like I started doing poetry and then I funneled into rap mm. for poetry so
0: well let's go ahead and start there because the next question I have for you is where did you get your start as a rapper and remember at least my first vision of you as a rapper is what I call your front seat freestyle you know shout out to Kendrick in the back seat freestyle what you had the the driver's seat freestyle, how how did you get started with your rap career?
1: Oh my goodness. So you want the long story or the short story?
0: I want the story that you want to give our listeners.
1: Okay. So I've been writing since I was younger. I used to write songs and I thought I was, you know, I'll go around singing around the house and woo-woo-woo. And then once I got to middle school, I started writing raps. I kind of got into, you know, poetry and stuff like that from poetry. I started writing raps, but I was very, very secretive with it. I didn't want nobody to know. <laughs> Cause I thought it would be like, that's so embarrassing. You know, like I thought it would just be so embarrassing. So I kept it under wraps for a very long time. And then I got to high school and I met some boys who rap and they would send me their music and they would think, you know, that was trying to be cute. Cause they had little crushes on me. So they was trying to be cute, like, oh, I'm going to serenade her with some music. I was ripping them to pieces. I was like, no, this going not go, this don't sound right. But that beat, that chorus needs to be switched to the, top. you need to take the first three bars and you know, flip that, you know, I was just, I was going in and they wasn't expecting me to give them a whole analysis of the music. But I've always had an ear for music and I know it sounds good. And, you know, I know, I know how to put that thing down, flip it and reverse it so he was one of the guys he was like you know what you have you ever thought about writing your own music because like you're really good at this and I was like I actually do but don't tell nobody mm-hmm. and he was like I want to hear some stuff I always send you my songs so I actually did send him um I used to record it on my voice notes because I wasn't going to the studio or nothing so I would record it on like voice notes or my computer or something so I sent him a voice note and he was like nah like this is fire you know so I went to college. Um, I noticed like throughout my entire life, I've always needed a creative outlet. So it might be writing. In college, it was YouTube. I started doing YouTube with two of my other best friends. But when we stopped doing those YouTube videos, I resorted back to writing. And so I remember we was at the crib one time and we just, there was like, well, there, was, there was a lot of us living in that, in that house. Like, I'm like, in college, we had like a big ass, yeah you know we had a big ass place in san diego so it was like four four or five of us living up in there and um we would have we would just be fooling around so one time we fooling around we drinking and we having a good time and they put on a beat and i had spit a verse that i already wrote and everybody stopped and looked at me like bitch what the fuck is?" that <laughs> and I know your
0: friends they was hyping your ass I was I hyping
1: you up. they was hyping me up so when I started to do what they was like no you gotta go you gotta put this on Instagram you gotta you know da, da, da. at this time everybody was posting a freestyle video so this was 2019 we had the Tiana challenge going viral on all platforms so they like you need to do the Tiana challenge and I was like I don't think no I'm not ready you know I got family on my page I'm not ready people I can't have my mama calling me about, you know, this, that, and the third. So I was only posting raps on my Finsta. You remember the Finsta era. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was posting my raps on my Finsta. And then the homie Rod, who actually went to Bishop Montgomery uh, with us, he was like, yo, you hard, like I'll manage you, but you got to do this shit. And so I just, I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know if I can do it. But after, after them just being on my head, like, bro, you need to do this shit. And then you got, you know, Sweetie coming up. You got Megan the Stallion coming up during this time. And you, uh, it was another rap girl. Um, I forgot her name, but it was all these girls doing their freestyle raps and it was going viral on Instagram. So they were like, no, you got to get in on this. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. So I did the Tatiana remix did the Tatiana challenge, I literally posted it through my phone, didn't check, I turned all my notifications off oh, for like an hour, cause I was so cringe like I didn't, you know, and like two, I wanna say like an hour, two hours later I checked my phone the notifications were through the fucking loop. I had people calling me like friends, my mom, my aunt like, but, but like, where the fuck did you learn how to rap like this type, you know like they was, like my brother was calling me like, yo, what the fuck, like girl, you rapping now like, you know but it was so good that it was undeniable. And it just went viral. It went viral. People were sharing it. People threw it on Twitter. It went viral. But the the viral, the virality of it, that was my first time really getting attention like that. It scared me. So I backed off. I stopped, I stopped posting videos for like a cool little minute until it died down. Then I would post again, which, you know, I was, I was losing the momentum every time. I was doing kind of, I was kind of doing it on purpose because I was, I don't know, I was kind of afraid, you know. So yeah, but shit just started taking off and then people, everybody was in my DMs like, where can I find your music? Because they thought that I was a rapper for real. So they was like, where can I find your music? Where can you, you know? And I'm like, well, I I don't rap for real. I kind of just do, you know, I'll just just be writing. (laughs) You know? like they was asking me they was in my dms like we need music we need music I was like oh oh uh, I mean shit I'm still in college like I'm, I'm trying to finish this bio class like y'all talking about some music um I need to graduate
0: huh Like, I got a midterm tomorrow y'all trying to get a mixtape
1: right right exactly and it didn't it nothing ever went through my mind of dropping out of college to be a rapper you know that was not in my head at all I was just fucking around on the internet because my friends had told me to post it so, yeah, I'm like, y'all I'm in school. Y'all be talking about some rap. Like, y'all don't have to wait until I graduate or something because <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so that's, how... that's how it started. And then, you know, after, after I did that one uh, Thought Tiana remix, then people started tagging me in, in stuff to do. So the Act Up uh, challenge was going around. And so everybody was on the City Girls Act Up beat. So then they tagged me in that. And so I was like, okay, I'll fuck with the beat. I'm gonna do it. Did that viral, you know? And so um, then the next one, you know, it was just all these little challenges that people were tagging me in. So I just started doing them and they were they were taking off every single time. And then it got to the point where, where it was like, damn, like people was like, damn, this girl never miss. Like this girl never missed. So then that's when I started dropping some songs. 2019, I dropped like, I dropped a single while I was in college just to get it out there. Cause I, I went to the studio for the first time, Rod, Rod that I went to high school with, he uh, started managing me and he was the homie, but it was dope having him to introduce me to that life because I didn't know anybody. I didn't know producers. I didn't know anyone who has studio time. I've never recorded in my life, but he was already managing a different, another artist. And he was kind of getting into that space already. So he was like, I got producer, you know, I got a, um, I, I got a studio I could put you on to. So once he put me on, I, like, I haven't stopped going to the same people since, you know, I still record at the same studio that he, that he took me to in 2019 and, um, still work with the same engineer that he put me on to, you know, if it's not broke, you know, don't, don't fix it. So I still record at the same place and, um, little by little, I've been dropping music and, but as, as my star continues to grow, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. No, I need to put my foot down and put the, you know, foot on the gas. So that's where I'm at now.
0: It's put on the gas time.
1: It's put on the gas time. Now now it's time to go all in.
0: All in. Well, uh, that's a perfect segue because the next question, you is how'd you come up with the name Nilla for your artist name?
1: So my line sisters, you know, I'm a Delta. um, And my line sister, Dominique, she used to call me Branilla. And uh, because my name is Brene. So from Brene came Brunilla and that became like my little nickname my line sisters would call me when they trying to be cute or trying to be funny or whatever and so then you know Brunilla shortened to Nilla over time but they would only call me Nilla when like like when I get into the rap mode they'll be like oh that's Nilla you know like so it started like as a joke because Brene was like the college grad you know the, the the delta the college grad you know she's on the BSU board and you know it's like this whole professional student business. And then when I rap, you know, I was spinning, I'm t- you know, niggas and did, you know, I'm popping my shit. I'm bad bitch. And da-da-da. So my line sister was like, nah, that's Nilla. <laughs> that ain't Renee, that's Nilla. So Nilla became like my alter ego. And then I remember like I, I just I was going back and forth because, like I said, you know, I don't come from the music business. I have very strict parents. And I know a lot about the industry, so it's always like scared me, kind of, because like I guess I've kind of um, unconsciously r- got my parents fear, or you know, because my parents are there, they're terrified of the music business and the music industry. My grandparents, they all they call me all day, you know, making sure I ain't sell my soul and I, you know, own drugs and you know, similar stuff. The entertainment business is just crazy, period. So. I kind of took on that same fear. So I was kind of afraid to go into this space because I didn't want to lose myself. And you see so many people, so many, up, you know, just just people, I I have people in my family too that was in the entertainment business and I've seen them lose themselves. So I didn't want to be a repeat of anybody in my family. And I definitely didn't want to, you know, just expose myself to something that I haven't been exposed to when I've been sheltered my whole life. But it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I can't let that, I can't let that stop me. Like I have to, I have to do it for real. And my friends have always, always told me like, if this is some shit you got to do, you know, you got to go all with it. You, you got to go all in with it. And they always said that, like those exact words, like you got to put your all in it. You got to go all in because you're going to be com- competing with, you know, the Megan the Stallions of the world, the Cardi B's of the world, the Nicki Minaj, you're going to be in that category. So you're going to have to put your all into it, and then one day I'm just writing out my name because I'm trying to figure out, like you know, my name was uh, Brene Charisse on Instagram. I'm finna change my Instagram. I'm like, no, I'm finna do the Nilla. I'm finna rap. I'm getting ready to change my name on Instagram, and I'm just re- writing out Nilla, and I realize Nilla backwards is all in, and I'm like, you know what? I have to have this a part of my name because I'm, I need this as motivation and inspiration for me to remind me I gotta do this shit, and I if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it to the net you know, and I'm gonna have to go all in with it because I can't keep, you know, one foot in and one foot out. That's not, it's never going to work if I'm trying to accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. So then, you know, Nilla All In was born.
0: Nilla All In was born. And just hearing you retell that story, I'm looking back at those moments because I can visualize like when you were in that like freestyle going viral era and when it started to be like, oh, Nilla all in, like your brand really started to come together. So it's really cool just hearing your perspective of all that starting. And I think throughout the first part of this episode so far, uh, you've mentioned a lot about like the friends that supported you along the way, the connections that you made, uh, so I want to talk about the wafer gang and your supporters. So I think it was probably about a year and a half or so ago when we started coining the Nilla supporters as the NILA wafers, the vanilla wafers. I even mm-hmm. shopped you onto the special. Yes, <laughs> that's
1: what I was thinking about. <laughs> the box. Yes, Yeah, yes, you started something crazy.
0: But what is it like to have like such strong supporters? First, looking at your close friends and those that are really, like intimately supporting you but also now looking at how much you've grown in your artist career and having like fans and like being able to go to South Africa and be the queen of South Africa damn near like right it's
1: crazy I feel like because I'm also I'm so humble and I feel like like growing up I've kind of, even like in my younger, you know, I used to do acting. I used to be in acting, but when I got to school, everybody would talk about it. And, you know, people would kind of, it's like all the attention was on me, but it's like, they would kind of talk about it in a way that it was more so embarrassing for me. Like in my, in my head, to me, it was embarrassing because, you know, kids, you know, when kids bring up, you know, oh, I saw you on YouTube and, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so I'm in elementary school and people are bringing up my acting and my, you know, whatever. And instead of me coming into myself and like, well, you know, yeah, and, you know, showing it off, it was more so I was ashamed of it because I, like people were making me the outcast mm-hmm. and they would talk about it all day and so i got they would pull it up at school they would get their phones out their backpacks and try to pull up the videos of me acting you know in school and it just got very uncomfortable and i i felt like i was kind of shamed for that and i wanted to fit in so i literally told my mom i was like i want the video taken down i was in a short film and i had to cry in the movie i was like in the i was like a a child i was getting abused by like my mom or something so it was this one cue i had to cry and i cried right on cue like it was it was great but the kids at my school, they would, you know, take it, they would make fun. They'll they be mm. you know? like, <laughs> So I was like, mom, I need you to take this down. Like acting is cool, but no, the kids are making fun of me, like, no. So I guess I felt like that part of me was always shamed. So I didn't fully come out into my, you know, my acting person, you know, everybody who knew my personality was just my cult, my friends. And they were like, girl, you are a character. Like, you need to be on TV or something, you know? But again, I thought it was just like, so, you know, it's such a bad thing. So I kind of just always dimmed my light to fit in with other people. I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want the attention because I didn't want everybody talking about me. I just wanted to fit in. Um, and I kind of grew up, grew up with that mentality, you know, went through middle school, went through high school, dimming my light, you know? But again, everybody, it was always everyone around me who told me that I had that star power. Everyone around me who always told me that they gravitated towards my energy and me as a person and me as, you know, whatever. So in my adult life, that's when I started recognizing my own super uh, stardom within myself, kind of just me being an adult and looking back. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. I do have, I have a village around me who's supporting me. And I have people who tell me that they see something in me. So why can't I see this in myself? You know, and I had to unlearn everything that I learned as a kid, you know, because I feel like the acting and, you know, the business and, and the entertainment, all of that when I was younger was kind of shamed. So I never pursued that in, in my younger years. And then once you, once I got into college and especially with, with the social media, you see everybody else living your dream. I see every other, you know, every other person living their influencer life and their acting life and their rapper life. And I'm like, damn it, I'm here just struggling at the UC California City. No, I'm just wait. <laughs> I'm here struggling at UC San Diego. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I was gonna get to college regardless. But but you see people just living out their dreams. And it's like, well, damn, why can't I, why do I have to be stuck at this engineering company? Why can't I pursue what I want? Why can't I be an actress? Why can't I be a rapper? Why can't I do both? You know, so it was just, it was more so me unlearning everything I learned from a child and being able to look at my own, look look at myself in the mirror and and, and see what everybody else sees. And teaching myself that it's okay for me to talk my shit and have confidence and have, because that's another thing, like when you're too braggy on yourself or when you're too, you know, straightforward with what you've accomplished or what you've done or how smart you are, whatever, like people look down, up, down at that, like, oh, she's cocky or, you know, she's arrogant or, you know, or she's narcissistic. And so I never wanted to come off like that. I never wanted to, you know, I'm just... I just wanted everybody to be comfortable around me. So I dim my light a lot so that everybody else could be comfortable. And now that I'm an adult, fuck that shit. <laughs> now that I'm adult, I could like, I could be like, okay, no, I could pop my shit. You know, I could pop my shit a little bit. Mm-hmm. If everybody else popping their shit, let me pop Let me pop mine some up. you know?
0: Let you talk your shit okay but no that's that's wonderful and I think that that's why like obviously like I joke around with you sometimes but whenever I can i let you know that you're a celebrity in my eyes like I think that we were talking about it before we started recording but uh, when I was coming up with the idea for the banquet hall podcast you're definitely the type of person I was thinking of where it's like people always see on social media all the negative things about celebrities or these artists doing this bad thing or said this controversial problematic thing and I'm like There's really good people in this world who are on the up and coming that y'all need to know their stories for, and so I knew that at some point I wanted to make sure I got to interview on this podcast because it's like, nah, like I know y'all think, oh, all lady artists sound like this, or all rappers sound the same. No one's really talking about anything. Oh, these rappers they need to go back to college. It's like, well, what if y'all heard Nilla's story?
1: Right, right, right. And I get it, and I get it, and and that's another thing too because coming into this business, you learn the business and I'm you know I was coming from like I used to be a fan you know like I'm still I still am a fan uh, you know fan of hip-hop fan of rap or whatever so me as a fan coming into the music business as an artist it's like oh this shit really isn't what it seems and it's like there really are girls out here you know really rapping but it's really it's the mainstream media you know that are they're putting they're pushing um certain things and a lot of people don't realize it and I'm like well you don't see girls and you know doing this and that but you have to look for it like you have to look and find it and do your research so you can't complain about it if you aren't looking and and doing the research because we're out here we might not be mainstream you know because we don't have that money that's being pushed behind us to put us in front of every ad every time you open up instagram but if you would just do your little research and scroll on your for you page, you gonna see Nilla come up. <laughs> you just gotta be receptive to the content. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> say that, say that. And that leads to uh, one more question I want to ask about your rap career specifically. Uh, when you look back 30 years from now, what do you hope to say that your legacy was? And like, who do you hope that people see Nilla as? Why should people have been listening to Nilla as this Hollywood walk of fame artist 30 years from now.
1: Oh, that's so deep. Honestly, so my main thing like I really want to I really want people to look back at the authenticity um of the content and of my journey because I feel like people think that and this is what I thought the rap industry was too like I didn't want to be a rapper because I saw what it was like okay when you think of the average female rapper you know you think about you're gonna have to say certain type of things you're gonna have to look a certain type of way and I wasn't I wasn't okay with manipulating my image and my sound and my and the way that I um I wasn't I wasn't interested in exploiting myself I'll say that I wasn't interested in exploiting myself for money likes views whatever so that's why when my friends are telling me oh you need to be a rapper you need to be a rapper I'm like y'all want I can't do my daddy will beat my ass like (laughs) I'm not doing that but you don't realize wait a minute I don't have to do that to be a rapper you know and it took it took more conversations and just conversations with people as well So, you know, you don't, you don't have to go that route. You don't have to be, you know, may, uh, um, you, you don't have, like I said, you don't have to sell your soul. If that's not what you want to do, then you don't have to do that because I've had other meetings with the labels and they wanted me to change my image, you know, but it's like, you have a voice, you can say no. And I think that's when I got more comfortable, like, okay, well, I can, yeah, that's true. We do have social media. You know, when, when you look at hip hop, I feel like people build these characters, caricatures who try saying that three times (laughs) i feel like the labels build these characters and it's kind of like okay if you're a man you a thug you a gangster and if you're a woman you a stripper you you know and you rap and you do the sexiness and And it's like why is it only these two things when you look at hip-hop and when you look at the culture when you look at the black community like why is this the face of hip-hop and so when 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 30 years from now when people look back I want them to see like you can you can make your own lane and make your own story and you can be the narrator of your own story. Um my biggest fear was letting, you know, somebody else narrate my own story. And I feel like the labels do that a lot and then you see why all these, you know, a lot of these artists they have so much hate and they get so much hate but it's because nobody we don't know you. You know, you're, you're whatever you're portraying or what you're selling to us isn't authentic to to what we believe and what we see. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like a lot of artists now they're struggling with with the with building a hardcore fan base to support them. You know, they'll they'll have a hot TikTok hit, but they can't sell records or they can't sell merch or they can't sell out a show because people don't know who you are. You're just selling us this, you know, this this caricature that you're kind of playing into but we have no idea who you are beyond the music and my biggest thing is i want to show people who i am beyond the music because i'm more than music at the end of the day as artists we're humans and i don't want my fans or my audience to look at me and commodify me as a product and you know just roll, roll you know go away with me just listen to my music and okay next you know what i'm saying so it's it's really big for me to build that relationship with my audience and, and do it authentically and genuinely. I don't do anything that's not authentic to who I am or my brand. And I feel like that shows in my content um, and just being relatable and filling a gap that isn't filled yet. I feel like there's so many artists just trying to come up and just, you know, just just create something, throw it out there and hope that it sticks. But I see a lane that needs to be filled. You know, and so I really, I really want to feel that because when you look back 30 years from now and you look at the history book of female rap and it's all, you know, pussy talk in 2023, <laughs> you know, at least, at least I could, I could be up in there somewhere and, you know, they could be like, okay, well, this is something else. Well, you know, we're always going to experience heartbreak. We're always going to experience ain't shit ass niggas. And girls, you know, and women too, you know, (laughs) we always don't experience, you know, toxic, toxic motherfuckers. So it's like, I want to, I want to speak on these things because nobody is talking about this. And this is one of the main things that we have issues with as women in the community. Like as women, I feel like we go through way too much to just talk about one thing. There's so many different topics to cover. Let's start with these niggas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but also, but just self-love too, you know? the um, A lot of like my my music, my brand, it's all about just self-love, positively loving yourself, putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like it's just, there's, there's so much other things that, that, uh, what do I call it? low Low vibrational music. We already have so much low vibrational music. So I kind of just want to every now and then, and you know, I could talk my shit too. I could get a little low vibrational every now and then, but <laughs> but really just giving people quality content that they didn't know that they needed. You feel me?
0: Yeah, that they didn't know that they needed. I think that's the accurate way to describe your music. Cause I remember the first time I like heard like one of your full projects, I'm like, oh like I didn't know I needed to needed to hear this and then you know you got to throw the the bullshit on the playlist real quick because sometimes you ain't got no time for the bullshit
1: exactly exactly
0: uh (laughs) but as we round out to the tail end of the podcast uh you recently released a new project one wish and i wanted to give you some time especially for the folks who are listening maybe this is their first time uh, hearing about you, like, I know I got family members that listen to my podcast, so I want to talk to them a little bit about One Wish and why they should give it a listen.
1: Yes, so I just dropped a new single, One Wish with Griff Tyler, um, and this song is basically about, you know, it, now it's a deep one, it's a it's a deeper, it's a deeper, and really, it's about taking your power back, and really, it's about, like, you know, holding, holding people accountable for their actions. I see a lot of women going out sad over men and I think the media kind of I think the media contributes to it honestly because we're in the age of where toxicity is glorified and ain't shit ass niggas and oh dealing with a nigga who ain't shit but he got money so hey I'm gonna sit here and get cheated on and be quiet because he got a couple of coins in his pocket it's stupidity and so I want to talk about this in the music so it's kind of it really just talks about No, if you're not here to treat me right, if you're not here to prioritize me and put me first, if you're going to be, you know, manipulating and if you're going to gaslight me, I don't care what you have. I don't care what you do. If you're treating me like an afterthought, you have to get cut off, you know? So, and, and it's also too given, I wanted to give women this song because I see so many women unhappy in their relationships and so many argue, you know, I've just, even on Twitter, just looking at just the different arguments that, you know, these couples have and women not, not getting able to say what they want off their chest. But in this song, I'm not holding nothing back. No, I, I you know, I need you to take accountability. I need you to take responsibility, you know, and kind of just getting off your chest of what you need in that relationship and giving the girl something to vibe with and connect to and relate to. And people have told me like, no, bro, like you read my life. Like this is my life. People have told me literally somebody the other day told me that they had it on repeat and they were crying because this is a song that finally made them break up with they ain't shit ass boyfriend. And it's like the fact that, you know, music is so powerful. And it's like the fact that this one song had had, you know, the influence and the impact on her to leave this relationship and want more for herself. Like my job is done, you know.
0: Wow, that's really powerful. It's crazy, and that's what art has the power to do. Like you give people, you give people permission to feel. You give people permission to choose themselves to set the boundaries that they need. So wow, and that's I mean, one wish hasn't been out that that long, and it's already impacted that one. Per- and that's just who has already told you. You never know. Who's somebody could have just listened to that song right now and it's gotten them through a situation or anything. So that's really dope that you're able to put that out there for the people that uh, you want to support with your music and give an ear to.
1: Yes, for sure. And I feel like, too, like a lot of times when we're in situations, we don't know that it's wrong. Like we feel like it's normal, you know, especially um, if we grew up in toxic households or, you know, anything toxic environments, we think that that's normal. And there's not a lot of people. Uh, well, shoot, I feel like the culture is only reinforcing that, you know, we see Krishan and Blueface, we see, you know, we see the toxicity in relationships and the money that it's making. So in our heads, it could be, oh, well, shit, well, yeah, well, yeah, I'll be beating on my man too, and so this is normal, you know, it reinforces the normalcy, but this isn't normal, nor should it be. Nor should we be trying to normalize this. And I don't want to be all, you know, because I know how the people get when you get all preachy preachy. People don't like the preachy preachiness. <laughs> I am not, I am not a prune. I am not a prune. I like to get a little ratchet sometimes too. Okay. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't know.
1: I am, you know, because people be, I feel like whenever you go on that route, they think you a granny or you a auntie. You know, no, I'm hip. I get it. But at the same time, I think representation is important. And we have that representation, which is cool. We got that representation, but now where's my representation? Cause I don't act like that. So where do I see me in the artist that's out there? I don't. So now I have to become the artist because I don't see me in another artist that's out there. So now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm filling the lane that I would want to see, you know, from a fan point of view. And since I was a fan coming into the into the industry, I can I can kind of do that. And people ask me all the time, like, "Oh my God, you're the marketing genius! Like, how do you market your music?" And da da da. I'm a fan first, so I know what I want to see as a fan, you know. And me being the artist, I create I create the content, you know. Brene is thinking of the content. Nilla is creating. You know, so it works.
0: It does work. Uh, as we kind of close off the podcast, I have some quick hitters. So uh, whatever first comes to mind is totally fine for an answer. Uh, first up, who are some of the people who inspire you?
1: Oh, OK, because I have a lot of inspirations. And honestly, like even beyond music, like Raven Simone is one of my biggest um, inspirations. And I'm Kiki Palmer, um, Drake, Nicki Minaj, even Megan Thee Stallion, uh, La Russell, Russ, um, I have a lot of inspirations, Eve, Aaliyah, um, Doja Cat. Um, who else? Because, yeah, girl, I could like I could sit here and do do this all day. Um, Beyonce, of course,
0: of
1: course, yes. Yeah. I mean that's nothing new yeah but I've been trying to sound like I've been trying to you know be you know everybody say you got Beyonce on the list I've been trying to be different and shit <laughs> some of the
0: people that we may not know of like some of the lesser known folks like or people in your life friends family members that inspire
1: yeah. oh my god absolutely because definitely my mom my mom is a big inspiration um honestly you when I read your um your, you sent me your poetry book and even just going through your poems and, and the vulnerability had inspired me because I'm like, oh shit, I could do this with the music, like that, you know, being vulnerable in my music and really being authentic and true to who I am. So absolutely you, um, my mom and even like my friends too, because my friends are in their own lane doing their own shit. And it's it's crazy because it's like, you know, they're they're fans of my music, but I'm like Bitch, you in damn, you know, you just got, took your nursing, you work in the hospital. about other friends just got her master's. Like, girl, I'm, I'm a fan of you because he couldn't be me. <laughs> and they look at me like, no, girl, it couldn't be me doing what you're doing. I'm like, well, hey, <laughs> we all doing what we, you know, we just all doing what we doing. But we're all in different fields. But the the ambition and the drive and the mindset is all the same like my homegirl even my line sister who does hair and her work is amazing but it's just like seeing how she's running her business I you know and and just the promo just whatever what what people are doing you know I could just um put that in my own shit and tailor it to my own field um even let's see who hasn't oh brand brand man Sean at uh he's a He's a marketer actually. So Brandman Sean and Corey, they work on the um uh, what's their like uh they have a podcast they have a podcast called No Labels Necessary. And so that's where I've been, you know, like all my free time I'm listening to their podcast. They have absolutely 100% inspired me to do this shit on my own and really um realizing that you really don't I mean I always knew that you didn't need a label. Like I I already knew that that was the goal from the, from the jump. I never planned on, um, really, you know, I, I really don't care to be the next Beyonce of rap, to be honest, as long as my bills is paid and family taken care of, okay. And I could travel and do what the fuck I want to do. Then that's really all I care about. So I'm just like, um, you know, seeing how, seeing how LaRussell, Russell does his thing, um, and he's independent, you know, Russ, like, like I said, I've kind of just been kind of t- look and, and be like, okay, so this is possible. And granted, you know, men, men are a lot of men are are doing it. And um, and I'm like, well, shit, I'm just, you know, I'm repping for the woman, you know, and it's possible. So, and, and it's cool because also with, you know, the rest, I was looking at one of his interviews the other day. And he was saying how he came from aerospace, um, yeah, aerospace. I think he came from like working in engineering. I'm like, oh shit, me too. <laughs> like, you know, so it's like we already have a different mindset because we worked in the real world. So yeah. So now it's more so like I was just talking, I was just talking to my boyfriend about this actually, because he was talking about um just the artist stuff and everything. And I told him, I was like, you know, I see myself more as an entrepreneur than anything, you know, because I feel like as an artist your job is to make music, but as an entrepreneur, I'm out here, I'm all in, getting to the bag any means that I, you know, any means that I can I'm doing the artistry, but I'm also, you know, I've been mentoring one-on-ones, doing, I'm doing one-on-ones with other artists as well, and, um, you know, doing my, doing the content, doing the comedy, doing, you know, the acting, like, I'm, 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 I'm doing the entrepreneur route, so I can stay in control of my shit, you know, okay,
0: Yeah, you got to be all in on yourself at the end. You got to be
1: all in on yourself, and I think a lot of times, like we, you know, a lot of people, which I get it too, because independent, like it's hard. Like you got to do everything. If I could sign to a label, man, that should well make my life probably so easy. (laughs) But you got to see the bigger picture too, and I think a lot of people they kind of just get, they see one aspect of it, one side of it, but you got to play the long game. And so I'm in. I'm in the. The state right now where I'm trying to play the long game and really trying to get my my business, my shit in order, you know, and especially going to UCSD and even having the experience at that engineering company. It's like, oh, shit. okay, I know exactly why God put me in that school. I know exactly why he put me in that workplace, because now I have the experience to do what I need to do. I have the mindset. I have the discipline. I have the determination. I have the time management. I have the organization skills. I have everything um, to do this for myself, to, to run my own label, you know, everything that I've learned in school in in engineering, I have, I have everything to, to really do this shit on my own. Um, so, so yeah, those are some people who, who have inspired me and I'll honest, honestly too, because there's so many people in my family that I didn't say, like, I find inspiration in so many things, even my friends, like I'll be venting or no, my friends will call me and will vent to me and I will turn that into a song, you know, and so it's like I found inspiration, you know, just in that conversation that I've had with the homegirl, and that's how most of my songs really come about too. everybody. I know everybody think I'm over here just hurt, (laughs) but it's, it's art, and I love the process and the journey of just, like, emotion, and, you know, putting those, put just writing and and channeling those emotions. And although, I mean, I'm in a healthy relationship now, but I can pull from, you know, past experiences and channel that energy and write, like, you know, I'm going through it now. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, I I, I find inspiration in, in um in a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of people. And I just, I never know what can spark the moment. Like even, even a fan, you know, I, a fan, I went to South Africa and they taught me food sec. And that's, a, that's Afrikaans for fuck off. Mm-hmm. And even with, with them teaching me food sec, a fan commented, turn it into a song. And you know, they had, they inspired me, you know to turn that into a whole song. And now I'm the queen of South Africa. So <laughs> but, I find so many things that, you know, that give me inspiration on a daily basis, but
0: yeah you're, a, you're an artist I mean that's that's what art is like you hear a conversation or even if you just overhear some people at a coffee shop say some shit it's like oh I can because that's how I like do the poetry it's like ooh, I can turn that into a poem or oh I really like that very specific they said
1: that. yes exactly exactly same thing
0: same exact thing mm-hmm. uh last few questions uh one where can people find you I know you already out there and famous and whatnot, but you still got to-
1: We need more eyes. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at official.nilla. That's my TikTok as well, official.nila. Um, I'm on all platforms, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Music, just search Nilla All In. My YouTube, you know, Nila All In, um, at official Nila. And then on my Twitter is at official underscore Nila
0: official
1: nilla but yeah official nilla on all platforms i'm kind of twitter be too toxic for me so i don't really do the twitter too much (laughs) i am on threads i'm gonna say you
0: got the threads that we got to (laughs) start plugging on threads
1: yes i'm on threads at official.nilla so y'all hit me up
0: (laughs) up on the thread and then uh what about some shameless plugs or anything coming up that you want to manifest or plug out there for people to be on the lookout for
1: Yes, so I want this to be my year of visuals. I'm gonna have a lot of visuals coming out, a lot of new music. Um, I've been dropping a song a month and I, I dropped a project about a month ago or two months ago, so about a month ago, yeah. So I got a lot of music coming out this year. Um, I have my food sec EP on the way for my South African <laughs> fan base, and then I also have some other um fun summer singles. I got no beef coming up. Uh, that's going to that's gonna be my hot little summer, little summer jam. So we're working on the visuals on that. Um, I'm manifesting more collaborations. Manifesting more collaborations. I can't believe this year is almost over. Like that's sick. Wow. But we're going to go out with a bang. Um, yeah, more collaborations, more visuals. And we're going to be in content overload. Okay. y'all gonna be seeing a lot of my face because the content is getting deep
0: say that then manifest that
1: the content is getting deep y'all gonna be seeing a lot of new content for me so it's gonna be fun
0: see you listeners very
1: well. listen,
0: <laughs> in about a couple of weeks you'll be able to go to your local uh black-owned restaurant and get the nila sponsored banana pudding with the official Nilla wafers <laughs>
1: yes oh i gotta hit up mike's deli
0: yeah imagine they got vanilla banana pudding
1: right across the street from the billboard
0: stop see this is why i'm te- this is why i'm on wafer gang so i can give you these ideas for free yeah you
1: and come- then you're gonna be and you're gonna be on the team <laughs>
0: deep in here um <laughs> i know we're a little over the time that we originally had allotted, so i just want to close this out uh with what what do you hope that people take away from this episode and what did you take away from this episode
1: Hmm. I want people to take away that stop I I want people to stop looking at other people and thinking that's how to do to get on because Mm -hmm. I feel like um I was doing that for a very long time and you know we see everybody says oh be yourself be authentic be true to you that's what we hear but no, the reality is we get inspired when we see other people doing their shit, but everybody's on their own journey and what works for them is not gonna work for you. So while you ripping and running, trying to make the same content that I'm making, I I love that, you know, I wanna be able to inspire, but at the same time, if you're not seeing the results and you have to, you gotta take it because it's not authentic to who you are. So absolutely just be, um, not to sound cliche, but it is true. You really do have to do what's authentic to you and be, be yourself and, um, and just recognize your own star power. Don't let anybody dim your light. I want I want people to take that away. And when you're when you're humble and when you treat people good and you put that energy out into the world, then that's the only energy that you're gonna receive back. And I talk to a lot of artists, and the the biggest thing that people ask me who want to get, who want to either be in my position or who are trying to do the music thing or trying to do the content thing, they always ask me, how do you deal with the hate in the comments? It's like, I don't get that much hate. I, I really don't get a lot of hate, but I think that's just because of who I am as a person. And I let people um, see me vulnerable, you know, like there's been times where I've cried on social media. Y'all seen me, you know, crying and i have seen y'all seen me mad. You've seen me happy. You've seen me, upset but I share with you the behind the scenes too because it's a it's a journey and it's a process and there's ups and downs um so as long as you're you're being just be authentic be vulnerable there, there's no shame and vulnerability um there don't don't be cringe <laughs> don't cringe at being vulnerable because we're all human and we all we're all here to connect and so my I want also people to take away that If you have a goal in mind, you have a vision, you have, you know, whatever, you can't do it alone, but you can do it when you're connecting with people. Um, so yeah, I want, I want, I want people to, you know, more so I I feel like, you know, in the start of my career, I kind of focused on the the numbers and the viral and the followers. I need a million followers, I need a hundred thousand, I need, you know, but I was never growing. And I didn't start growing until I let go of everything that I wanted. And I just woke up and I said, you know what? What's the content that I want to create today? If nobody was, if I had zero followers, what is the content that I would post?
0: That's an important question.
1: You know, if I had zero, if I wasn't trying to share, because a lot of times we get, we see success, we get the virality, we get the, and it's like, oh, okay, well, what do I got to Well, what do they want to see? What do they, but no, if you would stop. And keep doing what you're doing. You're on the path. It's working. But you know, I, I get, I get, I used to get really caught up in seeing what other people are doing, and oh well, they're this far and but you can't compare your journey to anyone else's because they're not in the same situation as you. So what works for Megan the Stallion isn't gonna work for me because I'm not Megan the Stallion, and you know that's not that's not my lane. I, I keep bringing her up because I love her so much. <laughs> <I just, laughs> you know. So, you know, no, I got to do what's authentic, what's authentic to me and, and trust, trust my journey and, and yeah, just, so just focus on you, focus on you. That's it.
0: Focus on you and be all in on yourself. I think that. And
1: be all in on yourself. Go all in, put your all into it, whatever you do. Whatever you do, you gotta put your all into it. Cause that's the once you're putting your all in it, then you're channeling that energy. You know what's so crazy? I know we over time, I just talk a lot. I know. But, I got nothing but <laughs> time. I'm like, what's so crazy is like, okay, what I was gonna say was, you know, I didn't start like my, my journey didn't start really. Like ever since a certain point, I've just been like this, just going up on a steady, just just a steady. And it was after I quit my job, after I left my job, because it, it changed, it switched my mentality. You know, now I'm all in. Now I have nothing else to fall back on. And I, I feel like too, like giving myself that, like I was staying at my job because I wanted a backup plan, but you're kind of, I, I feel like now looking back, I was preparing myself to fail. Mm-hmm. Why am I staying here for, you know, stability? i mean i get it because you got to be smart
0: the mentality behind it
1: it's like
0: do i need a job for if i'm about to make it
1: you know exactly and it's like i'm 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 staying there trying to play it safe but if this is about to happen and i have 100 confident and confidence in this why am i staying here i had to leave so once i and i had to leave for myself so i could get my mentality right like oh i don't have any other option and I think that's the importance of going all in because once you once you work on something and become obsessed with it, like now I'm obsessed. I have nothing else to do but work on me and my business and my content and my, so I'm literally doing this 24/ 7 and it's it's, like it's inevitable. It, it has to work. It has to pop. And it is because this is all that I'm doing. and this is where my focus is going. So absolutely, you gotta go all in and be all in like Nilla.
0: The all-in segment sponsored by NILA. And- <laughs> um, but so that was what you hope people took away from this episode. So what did you take away from our conversation? This is the first time we've had the chance to chop it up uninterrupted for like a mm-hmm. whole hour. I uh, haven't really seen each other that much. Uh, I was just, we were joking before the podcast. The last time I saw you was in a Juneteenth crowd at Lamert Park and I thought we almost
1: got trampled together right we almost got trampled
0: together they're like hey brother I'm like Nilla like what are the odds um but what did you take away from our conversation
1: oh my goodness um definitely I I love like because I there hasn't been a lot of times where I've also just said like the entire story like I've been interviewed on other platforms but I didn't really get into the nitty-gritty of like the background but knowing you and you were there you know for a lot of the the background so it's it's dope kind of just seeing it all play out and seeing how I manifested this even unconsciously like just my energy always being in music and another take like just a takeaway just period it's kind of like I it's crazy because going through college going through whatever I was kind of just doing what everybody else told me to do college wasn't an option for me my parents told me I was going to college okay y'all you you right <laughs> you pay the bills you right <laughs> you know so I didn't have much to say so I went to college and I just I was um I was a biology major just doing what sounded good and then I switched over to human development because biology was a little rough. <laughs> So, you know, doing human development, I added a specialization. I just felt like I was doing everything just because it sounded good or people told me to do it. I never knew what my passion was. And something like rapping, something like writing, something like, you know, being creative is something that I've been my entire life. And I never saw that as a passion just because it came so easy to me. Like, you know, just like writing, writing a song, like, or, you know, just getting online and fooling around. Like even with YouTube, when we got on YouTube, almost instantly our YouTube channel started booming. And it's like everybody at the time was kind of making YouTube channels. So people looked at our channel like, oh, this is just another YouTube channel. But BTK Beauty had fast growth. And so just me looking at always being able to gravitate an audience is like, damn, okay. Like in this conversation, I'm realizing this is a full circle moment. Like I've had eyes on me since I was a kid, you know, so it's it's dope now that I can fully walk in that. Even when I was younger, I used to do like the Christmas. Um, I used to sing at my Christmas plays. You know, I used to be in plays, and I used to um, just do a whole bunch of artistic and creative shit, singing and dancing. I was in dance and da da da. But yeah, I just now it's like wow, this it's a full circle moment. Like I used to really sit in my room and write songs for fun, and now I'm here, 24 years old writing songs in my room like for fun but I'm selling it to the fan bit. like I have fans
0: yeah you do wait for a gang out here
1: who want to hear my music that's crazy it's crazy
0: it is but at the same time it's not like you said it's it's been written for you uh since you were in the spotlight as a kid acting uh all of that was all part of your journey and I'm happy that people get to hear that part of your story because like i said i feel like a lot of times people see the end product and like Nilla wasn't just spontaneously born out of anywhere and just started rapping and went viral on tiktok like this is you like every time i see you on social media i was like no that's that's Nilla. like that's the Nilla i went to high school with that's the Nilla i went to college with like nothing has changed and i think that i'm happy that one you trusted me to help you share your story on this platform that you bless the banquet hall with your presence and i'm I'm just looking forward to more people hearing about you and seeing what the next steps are. Um, just know that I'm proud of you. People are proud of you. You. proud of you. Los Angeles for damn sure proud of you. Like I know everybody, when I see people from Bishop on the timeline on Twitter and they be retweeting stuff, like, nah, like <laughs> low-key, it's like, nah, Nilla's hours. Like we made it. She made it. We made it.
1: Period, period. And you know what? It's so funny because it's like, I have so many people who've been following me for such a long time time and I remember I was so stagnant on Instagram and I, I I was it was this phase where I was stuck at 20k and then I'll be stuck at 30k I was just stuck but this was back in you know this was my influencer days because a lot of people don't know I used to be I wasn't well I still am an influencer but I was strictly you know I was an influencer before rapping and it's funny how people have seen me kind of switch over fields a little bit you know from influencing to get in the confidence to not only you know look cute on on Instagram and that that's another thing with when we're talking about growth and and building a brand looking at what's working and what doesn't because at that time everybody was on Instagram looking cute you know there were so many influencers and things like that but you know then I started rapping and people like oh shit she's cute but she can actually spit you know so it's kind of just like that that transfer over that people got to see from me being Renee Charisse to Nilla All In was also like, damn, okay, well, we rocking with it. Like, this is new, but fuck it. We all, we here, we all in.
0: <laughs> uh, you so much. Uh, but yeah, I just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for your energy. Uh, yeah. I had a blast listening to your story. Obviously, like I knew parts of it, but just like you said, hearing it all together is always magical. Uh, for our listeners, especially all the new listeners who I know want to hear your story. Uh, sh- I know when I look at the analytics after this, is going to be a bunch of South African listeners on my podcast. But as y'all are here listening to Nilla, make sure y'all also follow the Banquet Hall podcast at Banquet Hall Pod on social media. I follow official Nilla on platforms, whether it's official.nilla, official underscore Nilla. Follow her on TikTok, threads, Twitter, Instagram. All that you still got a MySpace. I don't know if we're doing MySpace. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like
1: everybody's been. T- but you know what's funny? Everybody's been talking about MySpace. I'm like, is MySpace going to come back or something? Because <laughs> I think <mean, laughs> I mean, everybody's talking about MySpace these
0: days. Hey, we'll, we'll we'll go on the MySpace channels too with the wafer game. Uh, yes. Thank y'all for tuning into this episode of the Banquet Hall Podcast, and we will catch you next.
1: Yes. And shout out to my South African wafers. Tandeka loves you.